John and Mark Cronin are the founders of John's Crazy Socks, a sock company with a mission to employ people with differing levels of abilities. John has Down syndrome, and when it came time for him to enter the working world, he noticed there was a lack of job opportunities suited to him. So he and his dad went into business together. This episode, you'll hear John's story about what it was like to start and scale a business, his creative marketing and business tactics, as well as how important it is to have a mission for your business, and so much more. It was his idea to start. It's kind of interesting when you ask John, well, what's it like to own a business given your condition? And I assume you mean Down syndrome. Yeah. That's the only condition he knows. You know, that's <laughs> very true. It's like asking me, what's it like to be running a business and be so handsome while you run that business? <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was John's idea to, to start the, the Crazy Socks business. It was. Um, right? That, that's why you have your name in the business? Yeah, I got a name. <laughs> you got the name. You had the, the name. It it was born out of necessity. Right. Um, so we started just over five years ago. Uh, so the fall of 2016. And my partner here, where were you? I am... I, I'm at a Huntington High School. I, I, I was just sitting in school. John was in his last year of public high school. Yes. Right. Um, so that was going to be it. He was going to be done with school and like everybody else, trying to figure out, what do I do next? Mm. And what were you looking at? I, I look at job program and school. I job and like. And that, Sam, is... You know, that's an unfortunate situation. Right, yeah. I know it's true in the UK. It's true here in the US. There just aren't enough good options available to people with different abilities. Mm-hmm. There aren't enough good jobs, good programs. Um, so what John was facing was something pretty common. Mm-hmm. Uh, but John here, he's a natural entrepreneur. If you didn't see a job you wanted, what were you going to do? I want to create one. I want to make one. <laughs> he said, I'll make a job. Yeah. And what'd you yeah. tell me? I said, I want to go to bed with my dad. I know his father's been together. Comes his dad, let's go into business together. He came to uh, you with the deal. He was like, listen, yeah. forget all this other stuff. I know what it's like out there. The job market's terrible. I'm going to make my own thing here. That's it. Uh, which is pretty cool. And, and you know, I've got... I've got three sons. I'm a lucky man. Mm. John's the youngest. And this is one I can work with. So, uh, <laughs> um, and then, you know, a couple of ideas that we looked at that weren't going to work out. And what was one of those ideas? Uh, one of them is a, a food truck. Mm. I have an idea from a, 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 a movie called Chef and John Favreau. Mm. The movie about a father-son buying a food truck. So that's when it's like fun and we're thinking, what could we make with the food truck? Where would we put it? Yeah. Uh, Sam, we ran into a problem. We can't cook. (laughs) (laughs) But then, you know, uh, in right before Thanksgiving, the U.S. holiday in late November, John had his eureka moment. I did. I want to sell 
creating socks. Why socks? It's fun. I, I, it's I, it's colorful. It's creative. I will always let me be me. I want to create that my whole life. Yeah. Right, John yeah. used to wear. We used to drive around looking for these socks because mm-hmm. he wore them all the time. So we figured this. We figured if John loved these socks that much, surely other people would too, and we could find our tribe. Um, so that's where the idea came from. You had the name. I got a name. I got a website. I got ideas. So we decided to go the lean startup route. Right. We didn't do the detailed business plan and lots of research. We yeah. said, here's what we're going to do. We'll get something up and running, and we'll see how people respond. So he had the name. We built the website uh, on the Shopify platform. We went and got some inventory, very little. We were bootstrapping. Um, you know, We had to make do with the resources we had. So the only marketing we did was to set up a Facebook page and I would take out my cell phone and we made videos. And who do you think was in those videos? I am. John, the star of the show. Yeah. Yeah. I talk about socks, 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 more socks. Socks, socks, and more socks. (laughs) And we noticed something. Those videos started getting shared. So we opened in the middle of December. What what day did we open? We opened on a Friday, December 9th, 2016. And we were unsure of what response we would get, but we got what felt like a flood of orders. We got 42 orders the first day, and most of them were local orders. So we uh, got these red boxes. We, we, you know, well, first, what did we decide to do with those orders? Our home deliveries. We're going to do home deliveries. So we got red boxes. We put the socks in the box. We looked at it and said, it needs something else. So what else did you put in? I put a dick in there, I wrote, and candy. We got bags of Hershey's Kisses, you know, the little chocolates. Yeah. Filled up the boxes. He put a note in. We loaded up the car, and we drive around, and you knocked on doors, handing out socks. I did. How the customers respond. Customers said they took pictures and put them on social media. I get a spread. We had customers ordering again just to get John to come back to their door. Yeah. So John knows his, his sales tactics. Not only is he putting a little surprise in the box, but he's also delivering, you know, the things himself. And he's using those good looks to woo the customers back and get repeat customers. So in two weeks, you know, in, in that first month, really two weeks, we shipped 452 orders and we knew. That's probably more than you expected at that time. Yeah, we didn't know what to expect, but that was enough to tell us this could work. Mm. We and we learned some things. One, why people want to buy socks. They want to buy socks. Two, a people want to buy socks for me. They Mm. wanted to buy from John, right? Yeah, they liked. They related to John. They liked the personal touch of the thank you note and the candy and the home deliveries. They liked the fact we had already pledged 5% of our earnings to the Special Olympics. Um, And you learn by doing. Mm. So we learned that this young man. This is an old man. And this old, (laughs) we could sell socks. So that's how we got started. All John's idea. Yeah. And and so where did you get the the first idea for the designs? Because, John, you said that 
you liked to always have these wild socks and you couldn't find them. So where did you find the designs for your own socks? Well, we originally, right, we were selling other people's socks. Yeah. So the two of us would sit down and go through catalogs. Hmm. I like this. I like that. No, somebody would like this one, right? Right. That was when it was just the two of us. Um, we didn't start making our own, designing our own socks until Jan, you know, the next month, January of 2017. Um, what we did, we went out looking for a Down syndrome sock because John has Down syndrome. And we also knew that people celebrated World Down Syndrome Day. By wearing odd socks. By wearing crazy socks. So we said, let's get a Down Syndrome sock. But it turned out nobody made one. Nobody made a Down Syndrome themed sock. What do you say? I said, I want to make one. I want to create one. So he designed the world's first Down Syndrome awareness sock. Um, and we contracted with the mill to make it. And so then we started making some of our designing and making some of our own socks. Uh, today, it, you know, we've grown. It's different. When, when we started, right, it was just the two of us. We had 37 different styles of socks. How many do we have now? Uh, we have now uh, 4,000 different kinds of socks. 4,000. So you know what that means, Sam? John here, he owns the world's largest sock store. <laughs> Nobody has as many choices as John. Yeah. And and how do you how do you advise someone to to go and and pick from this four thousand or do you kind of have socks for different themes socks for this month or socks for this year? Yes, we've got everything. I mean that's that's part of it. On, on the one hand, it allows people to personalize their choices, and many people view us as a gift store. It allows you to personalize the gift you give. I mean the other day. We met with the state senator here, and he was explaining to his staff. He says, no, it's great. He said, you come, it's Christmas, you got to get something for somebody, and you don't even know what to get. But in this, you go in, and they have something for everybody, and you can pick out something personal for people. Um, the challenge at our website is you want to give people access to the choice, but you don't want to overwhelm them. You have 4,000 socks. You want to make it easy for people to find what they're looking for. So you know, we have a robust search capability. We have lots of collections. So you can, you know, if you like food, well, we got food themed socks or, or alcohol, you know, wine and beer themed socks or animal socks um, or sport related socks or socks for your job. Um, and everybody picks. John, you still design socks. I did. And you helped pick out some of the other ones. But now we have a design team. And everybody in the company helps pick out socks. And our customers help pick out socks. So you've built like almost a community around this idea of, of you know, creating jobs for John and even yourself, because I'm sure before this, before John had started this business, you had a different job and you're doing whatever. But from what I'm picking yeah. up here, now you and John are business partners and you work full time together. Oh, yes. Full time together. Um, we've now 
What we've created is a different type of business model. It's a social enterprise. Mm -hmm. So we have both a social mission and a business mission, and they're indivisible. They feed off of each other. Mm-hmm. But overall, what are we doing? Now? Spreading happiness. We're spreading happiness. Everything we do comes down to that. You know, that's how we judge every decision. That's how we evaluate our progress. Are we spreading happiness? Yeah. And we've built that on five pillars. Inspiration right. and hope. hope. Give it back. Find product you can love. Make it personal. Make it a great place to work. So you know, I'll, I'll take those kind of quickly. If our mission is to spread happiness with our customers and in the community, mm-hmm. we have to start at home. Our colleagues have to be happy working at John's Crazy Socks. It's got to be a place where they're energized and motivated and feel they can, you know, that they're respected and valued and can do their best work. So that's really important to us. And we have been able to create 34 jobs. And it's really important that each one of those, everybody knows why their job matters and why they make a difference. But making it personal, we're always looking to connect with our customers and to share experiences. It's not just about transactions. It's not just about a sale today. It's how can we create a connection and an ongoing relationship? So to this day, you know, when we started um, and right up to this day, every package gets that handwritten thank you note, gets a package of candy. Now you also on the packing slip, you'll see the picture and the name of the person who packed your order. And we have shipped over 375,000 packages to 88 countries. But if we get an order between our office and our home, what are you doing with that order? I still do home delivery. Those are home delivery. Last night he did two, two home deliveries on the way home. Um, you know, anything we can to connect to our customers. And I know you like to talk business, Sam, right? It, this makes itself manifest in everything we do. So the packaging and the inserts, um, and, and everybody's looking out for it. So here's an example. We sell socks for diabetics. They're high compression socks. Well, one of our packers, because we do our own fulfillment, came to us one day and said, you know, there's something wrong here. We're sending socks to diabetics and we're sending them candy. What's wrong with that picture? It's high blood sugar, so it's not really good for them. Uh, So now we have a supply of sugar-free candy. If we get an order that comes in from a military base, we have a separate special package for that customer. We could talk about email. And you know everybody, or they should be, segmenting your emails so they can personalize them. We segment our fulfillment. We have five different packages. Now, everybody's getting the same basic ingredients. But if this is your first order, you get a different package, a different note, different inserts than you do if it's your second order or if it's your fifth order. We're always looking to make that 
connection with our customers. The fun products you can love, everything we sell, it's got to be fun, spread happiness, and... I, I have to get behind. John's got to get behind it. It's got to have John's stamp of approval. Well, he's if the brains John of this operation. It, we don't sell it. Um, but it's important. We, we have a very strong social mission, but we have to be a great e-commerce business. The website has to be great. The selection, that's why we have 4,000 socks. The selection has to be great. The products have to be great. We have over 29,000 five-star reviews. 96% of the reviews we get are five-star reviews. And the service has to be great. We do same-day shipping. So if an order comes in today, it's going out today. We do better shipping than Amazon. And Jeff Bezos over on Amazon, he's not putting a thank you note in candy in those packages. Um, and then there's the giving back. So we started by pledging 5% of our earnings to the Special Olympics. And why the Special Olympics? I am an Olympic athlete. Yes, you are. Um, but we've gone on to create these awareness socks that celebrate causes and raise money for those causes. So the first one was the... I, I first want to donate from awareness socks. But we've gone on to create autism socks, yep. cerebral palsy awareness I, socks. And also uh, Emily. Right, pet rescue socks. During the, the height of the pandemic, it was very bad here in New York. We created healthcare superhero socks to say thank you to the frontline workers. And those have raised over $50,000 for frontline workers. So our giving back program has now raised over 500,000 US dollars for our charity partners, including John here has donated over $100,000 to the Special Olympics, more than any Special Olympic athlete. That's baked into what we do. But the most important part, you, know, you asked, Oh, do we work full-time now? We've been able to create 34 jobs. 22 of those are held by people with different abilities. And it's not enough for us just to hire people. We want to show the world. So we create content to share in our social media. We have 240,000 Facebook followers. So, you know, a growing number on TikTok and Instagram. We host tours and work groups from schools and social service agencies. We do podcast interviews like this. We're so grateful that you had us on your podcast because right? we get to tell the story. We get to show what John can do, what our colleagues can do. We do a lot of speaking engagements. Um, earlier this morning, we spoke to students at the City University of Paris. Yesterday, we spoke to a class at Trinity College in Dublin. I wish I was, it was in person, it was all virtual. Um, and we do advocacy work. So we've testified twice before the US Congress. We've spoken at the United Nations. This past Monday, we were in Albany, which was the, the capital of the state of New York. And John was honored by the state assembly there. And we were introduced on the floor of the legislature. Um, 
all that, you know, standing up for the rights of people with different abilities. All that rolls up to be John's crazy socks. Yeah. Right? So if you're a customer with us, you're not just getting great songs, but you know, you're, you become a philanthropist. You help us give back. You help us employ people with different abilities. And most of all, you help us spread happiness. Exactly. It's pretty good, huh, bud? Yeah, it does. It's amazing to me how many things and lives that John's Crazy Socks has touched, even through the donations and even, you know, through the, the business itself of hiring, I think you said 22 people of different abilities? Yes. Yeah. So it's one thing to for John to realize that, oh, out there, there's not much jobs for me. There's not much opportunities. You know, it's either I, I stay and, and do more like learning or school or I can go start my own thing. But then to, you know, pay that forward and to have all these pillars that, that you've put into place to kind of maintain that structure, it's something amazing. It's something that I think every business should look to do, whether or not it's, you know, from a perspective of hiring people with different abilities or actually just, you know, Sometimes it's not always about just profit and making loads of money. Like you mentioned, Jeff Bezos, it's about the customer experience. And if anything, about making a difference with what you decide to do. Well, I, I would argue a couple, make the business argument a couple of things. You know, first, we're always making the point that hiring people with different abilities is not altruism. It's good business. It gives us a competitive advantage. In fact, we just did our second TEDx talk, and that was the theme of it. But the idea of the social enterprise, of having a purpose that's greater than ourselves and more than just making money, in the long run, that will make more money. We're more resilient. We have a better bond both with our colleagues and with our customers. So when tough times come, you can ride above them. Right? It's, uh, it's no longer enough for a business to only care about the owners, about the shareholders. I don't care if you're a small business or a big business. You have to take care of all your stakeholders, your employees, your customers the environment, your community. Um, and, it, you know, if you just look at consumers, if you have the cheapest product, you will always have a customer. Somebody's always willing, you know, to, that's the cheapest thing, I'm going to buy that. It's really, really hard to always have the cheapest product. But beyond that, increasingly consumers are saying, you know, before I give you my money, who are you? Yeah. What are you doing with my money? How do you treat your employees? How do you treat the environment? What are you doing with the community? And if you have a social enterprise, you're able to answer those questions. And the same with employees. I don't know what's happening in the UK, but in the US, we have this phenomenon that some people are calling the big quit or the great resignation. But going back to last August, 4 million people each month are quitting their jobs. It's stunning. Mm. And, and really, it's, it's they're rethinking what they're doing. 
And there are different reasons, you know, to a certain degree, people, a lot of people are saying, I'm no longer going to work for a crap wage, you know, but others are saying, what am I doing this for? I show up every day. What difference does it make? Well, if you're an employer that can say, listen, we have a mission, we have a purpose, and it's more than just make money. People are going to come to you, you know? When others have difficulty hiring, we get a surplus of great candidates because they're drawn to the purpose-driven business. Having a purpose-driven business is is something that is, you know, I, I feel like you just said it's becoming more kind of at the front of people's minds when they start to work somewhere. It's less about how much am I getting paid and it's more like what does the, the input of my, my life energy do for the world? And right. I feel like that's definitely what's at the core of, of John's Crazy Socks is we are here to make the world a better place. And to, like you said, to spread happiness, which is an amazing mission to have. And it's one of those things where, for me, I, I'm really curious about as, as the business kind of grew around you both. So wh- where you got to being from just you two to now 30 plus employees, wh- what has that looked like for, for you, John, as well, and for you? Uh, Mark as well. What's, what does that look like to, to become now, you know, CEOs and bosses where before you were just a, a two-person partnership? Well, it's a lot better. Um, you know, some things were simpler when it was just the two of us. But you're limited in what you can do. Uh, we've been very fortunate in a couple of ways. One, um, we've been able to build a really great team around us, which allows us to focus on really the mission of going out and doing speaking engagements and going out and connecting with other people. Because we know, you know, uh, someone asked me the other day, well, you know, aren't you worried um, about getting all the orders out on time? No. Andrew Netter, who's our head of fulfillment, he's our Lord of the Socks. He runs a great operation. We can rely on that. Gail, who is our happiness creator, she's answering that phone. We know that our customers are being taken care of. And the other thing that that, uh, was a lesson we learned and it was tough along the way, we bootstrapped. So right from the beginning, we were undercapitalized. We grew rapidly, and that sounds great, but rapid growth is very challenging on your finances. So by the end of the second year, we had a boom year, and on paper, we made lots of money. But I had no money at the end of the year. You know, I'm talking to my accountant, where's all the money? He says, Mark, let's go walk in your warehouse. You see all that inventory, there's your money. So in 2019, we struggled financially to the point where we were almost bankrupt. Um, And we were talking to investors and we had a lot of people come in. Oh, we love this. We love the growth. We love what you do. We'll put money in. But you know what they wanted to do? They wanted to shut us down. They were going to come in and buy the brand. They thought that all it was was John's smiling face but it's so much more. So we had to kiss a lot of toads. Um, But at the end, we found a strategic partner and that was essential for us. Um, 
It's a third generation family business that manufactures socks. They've been doing it for 60 years. Uh, and they make socks for department stores and brand names. So you know, we do sold directly to consumer and we had a real brand, they didn't. Um, and that's been really important to us. So you know, here's an example in the business side. This year, we're gonna enter the wholesale channel and be able to sell this through stores. Well, we needed the ability to do the manufacturing and get that design work done. Um, one of a US uh, chain called Kohl's has reached out to us. They love the mission. They love what we were doing. And they said, we want to in our stores. Uh, well, that's great. And now we've worked something out. They're gonna have us in 856 Kohl's stores come, descent, come the fourth quarter. Thank God we have our strategic partner that can manage that and, and get that done. So that's been very important to us. Yeah. It, it's, it's amazing to me how many savvy business decisions you and John have made together. You guys have made some excellent decisions because most people, when they're, you know, the money's not like making sense and things might be a bit difficult and things might be looking like they're going to you know, go out of business or be bankrupt. It's very easy to go to that first investor and be like, Oh, how much? Oh, that's even more than I need or was looking for. Yes, please. But to make that decision to go, do you know what? You're just trying to run us out of business. And our goal is to stay open for as long as possible, or if not for forever. Well, I think that's why it's important to know who you are, what you're about. Mm. Because, if, listen, if you're an entrepreneur, it's not a question of will you run into trouble. It's only a question of when. And it's going to be hard. But if you know what your purpose is, you know, what Simon Sinek calls your why, if you know what you're about and you know what your values are, that will enable you to keep going forward. It's not going to answer everything. You know, it's the difference... I think it's a difference between confidence and optimism. You know, even in the darkest days, we were always confident that we could find a way forward. We weren't optimistic that, well, it's going to happen next week. You can't hang on that. But we knew we could just keep slogging ahead. We knew what we believed in. Um, and I think that's important to any business. Yeah. And, and that's what you've kept it. The, the core of your message is, you know, obviously happiness and being a, a social enterprise. So what is it like maintaining a social enterprise for nearly coming on six years now? Ha have there been any times where you've been a bit like, oh, maybe we should just, you know, go the easy route and make make our, you know, socks in China and do, you know, direct to consumer type jobs or, you know what I mean? Like that type of thing. No, because... We wouldn't have the business we have if we didn't have the social. Think about it. We've gone out and counted. Mm. There are exactly one gazillion sock companies out there. <laughs> if all you're doing is selling socks, what do you say? Oh, ours are better than yours. Ours are cheaper than yours. What? Ours don't smell as much as yours. Um, how do you stand out in the marketplace? Why should people buy from you? But for us... Yes, we are the world's largest sock store now in, in terms of choice. But at the end of the day, we're not really a sock store. The socks become the physical manifestation 
of the story and the mission. And that separates us in the marketplace. Yeah. Right? That makes a difference. Yeah. And making a difference is is all that you guys kind of are are here to do and, and like kind of, you know, how can I put it? If you guys weren't here to make a difference, there wouldn't be much point in, in John's crazy socks because the well, whole... You wouldn't, you wouldn't be talking to us. We'd just be another sock store. You know, we we get people that come to us because of the story. We get people that come to us because of the socks and then they discover the story. And And let's be really clear. We have to run a great operation. I mean, so here, we make that promise of same-day shipping. We track that. In the last 18 months, there was only one day when five orders didn't get out because we had a computer problem. But that's a, that includes the height of our busy season. We do 40% of our business in the last two months. Mm. And that includes surges from TV appearances where all of a sudden you get 2,000 extra orders. Right? Because you got to make that work well. Right? We track how many erroneous orders go out including mistakes that the U.S. Post Office made. And it's down to like 0.2 of 1%. If, if it gets up, that's actually on the high side, right? You have to have the great operations going. Yeah. Operations is what is what keeps a business like yours not only faithful to its mission, but also keeps it, you know, financially viable for yourselves. And some one thing I wanted to ask, because I heard you mention it a couple of minutes ago, was you said something about Simon Sinek, the guy that writes books. So do you read a lot of books, Mark? Is that how you kind of get these these ideas of how to run the business? Uh, the answer is yes. I read a lot of books. I listen to a lot of people. I watch videos. We have a whole team of folks that are always curious and learning. Um, I, I kind of put it this way. I'm a big fan of a fellow countryman of yours, a guy named William Shakespeare. Right. And I'm a big fan of Bob Dylan. Mm. And here's something they both have in common. They steal ideas all the time. I am always looking, you know, and collectively as a group, we're always looking for new ways, better ways of doing things. And we can take from other businesses and other, even other industries and then make that our own, you know? So Bob Dylan can take lines from over here and over there. Maybe he's inspired by somebody else, but when he puts it together in his song and he sings it, it's entirely his. And that's what we try to do. Um, we're always looking for ways to improve. Yeah. And, and what's an example of a way that you guys have improved over these six years? So I, the one that sticks out to me is from going from catalogs to designing your own make, um, your own software. Well, that's fine, right? Of, of going just from selling others to be able to create our own to now having our own wholesale line. Hmm. Uh, we've gotten so much better with our delivery. You know, I, when we started, geez, we had wire racks and we had things on the racks. Our... Our fulfillment operation is so much more advanced now. It didn't happen overnight. It takes time. Um, so we've made improvements there. We've made improvements in our messaging because you get out there, you keep talking and listening to people. Um, and you're able to hone what you do. So we've, we've made, I think, big strides all across the board. 
Yeah. But as John says here, yeah. we're just getting started. Absolutely. I was going to ask, John, uh, what is it like? What is your average day-to-day like in your business? What do you do on an average day? Uh, um, <laughs> I, I, I do have videos, and, and I do um, I do videos, and I do um, some, sometimes I help uh, I help uh, uh, pick, picking orders, uh, give wrapping. Uh, I do a big engagement. I do uh, I, I I do big engagement. I do um, a a podcast. Design socks. And um, and when you design your socks, what what do you want to put into those socks? What are the, what are some designs that you like? Oh, one of the designs I did that that is a down from superhero socks. So uh, uh those. Those socks are um, my design. Um, I raised money for dinosaurs. I uh, money to the natural dinosaur anxiety. Uh, I I dinosaurs um uh, hero. I draw it and I uh, design it. And I I have a manufacturers uh, um uh, design it. Right. Okay. And so. When once you've designed a sock and it goes out there, how do you how do you feel when that design gets out there? Are you happy? I feel really happy. I, I'm feeling like it's been good, and and um, sometimes sometimes sometime I, I design, sometimes my colleagues design, and I, and, and some I, I we have uh uh. uh uh, I, 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 my, my colleagues, uh, uh, with, uh, with, with different ability, design also. And so, these colleagues that you have with different abilities, what are some of the conditions that these people have? Some people have uh, have on um, oh, autism, mm-hmm. uh, 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 Asperger's, yeah. So it's a, it's a kind of it's varied. There's a lot of people with a lot of different things going on. Yes. And do these people have jobs similar to yours, or do they have jobs that are you know something you wouldn't expect someone with autism or Asperger's to have? Well, most of our folks work in the warehouse. Yes. And they work as pickers. What do we call our pickers? Sack wranglers. Sack wranglers. <laughs> packers. Um, but once you're in the organization. We look to see what else can you do? What other skills do you have? So we had one guy organize our kitchen. We had another guy, we had a couple of people start writing uh, product descriptions for us. We've had people do drawings for us. We focus on what people can do, not what they can't do. Your days vary all the time, right? I do. You know, you're out and about. They used to say about James Brown that he was the hardest working man in show business. Yeah. John is the hardest working man in sockdom. <laughs> the king of socks. Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask, because I, I heard you mention it fairly early on about, you know, donating to the Special Olympics and that. W- what is it that John competes in? What does he do? Um, I, I play basketball. Oh, nice. Track and field, soccer, and snowshoe. Snowshoe. What what is snowshoe? I've never heard of that before. 
uh, snowshoes are special things like big, you know, shoes you snap on to, you know, they're now big aluminum things. They used to make them look like tennis rackets that you put on the bottom of your shoes to help you move in snow. So they raced in them. And uh, his team, I mean, think about this. John's team, there were four of them on the team. They only compete in two events. There's one at the end of January, and there's one in the middle of February, the New York State Games. They start training in August, and, you know, there's no snow, so they train on the beach. Um, but they train from August all the way to January and February. Think about that commitment yeah. and that discipline and, and the teamwork that they learn doing that. It's really quite remarkable. And has John done sports his whole life, even before starting John's Crazy Socks? Oh, when when did you start Special Olympics? I started uh, when, I, when I was five years old. When okay. he was five years old. How old are you now? I'm 26. Ooh, and you are a good 26, huh? Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it, it seems as though for John, sports have been, you know, a major part of his life. And if anything, I feel like the two things go hand in hand of the, the qualities required to be good at a sport and the qualities required to run a business is dedication, hard work, overcoming failure and all these things. Yes, absolutely. We believe, well, that's one of the reasons we give back to the Special Olympics and do so much for them. If there was no Special Olympics, there'd be no John's Crazy Socks. Um, and numbers, uh, quite a number of our colleagues are Special Olympic athletes. And other colleagues are, have participated in competitive sports. Um, we have one guy who was a junior college tennis champion. We have another woman who was a track star. Um, I don't look it anymore, but I played rugby for years and I've run four marathons. You know, we, we have found that people who have competed in sports they fit in well with our culture because they understand teamwork. They understand, you know, how to focus on a goal. So there's no petty stuff. We don't have, we don't get that politics or, or petty things. If you focus on a goal, all that other stuff goes away. Um, you know, one thing I noticed with John is very good at is just knowing how to be coached. Because what you want to do is you want to get better. So you're not worried. You're not defensive. You're not argumentative. You're not, oh, don't hurt my feelings. No, I want to get better. How do I do that? And we work to do that, you know. So I think it's pretty good, huh, buddy? Yeah, Dad. Wow. So I have a question that's kind of for both of you, but there's, there's two parts to the question. So the first part is directed at John, and then the second part is for you, Mark. So the first question, which is directed at John, is what advice would you give to people that are looking to start their own business? What advice do you have? My advice, follow your heart. Follow your dreams. Work hard. So you can't do. That's pretty good. That's very good advice. I'm going to take some of that myself, to be honest. Show what I can do. And for you, Mark, the question that I want to ask you is, Supporting your son through this this mission that he's got of starting a business and, and owning a business, what has that looked like for you? How has it changed you as a person? 
it's helped me, you know, at my age, you know, there's no revolution, it's just evolution. Um, But it helps you appreciate other people more. You know, there's a greater sense of gratitude of appreciating what people can do, not focusing on the negative, of appreciating, you know, that line that you you don't know what other people are going through. It's emboldened me to do what we dream of doing, right? In our business, we have no excuses. We can't blame the board. We can't blame headquarters. It's us. And so let's go and run the business the way we want to run the business. Live our lives the way that we want to live them and think they should be lived. In that sense, more than ever, you know, I believe it's important to know what you're about, what your purpose is, and believe. You know, don't just pay lip service. You know, here's a way you can tell if what you believe, if, if you truly are believing things, are you willing to let it cost you money in the short run? You know, we had, we had somebody come to us was an agency and they said, they claimed, tell us who your competitors are and we'll go and get onto Facebook and Instagram and we'll identify all of their customers and supporters. And then you, we'll get you their email addresses and you can start emailing them and you can start targeting them with ads. And I listened to this pitch and I said, you know, and, and they were like, here's all the money you're going to make doing that. And I looked and I said, but we're not going to do that. People, those people, they didn't give us their email addresses. Facebook is not sharing that with you. You're going to go scrape that somehow. Well, everybody does it. We have the technology. I don't care. You know, people, when they give us their email, they trust us. We treat it with respect and we don't abuse it. We don't sell. We don't give it away. We don't overwhelm them with emails. We're not going to vary from that. And they kept telling me about all the money we're going to leave on the table. Who cares? In the long run, we're going to do just fine because we treated people well, because we respected them. Yeah. And, And those are great business principles to live by. And a final question, which is directed at you both, so feel free to answer it in whichever order you like. What is it about the business that you run that brings you the most joy? Well, I know the easy thing for me. The easy thing is, you know, during the holidays in particular, when we're very busy, seeing all the people, all the jobs we're able to create and the joy that brings, that brings for our colleagues. And we see minor miracles every day and by extension when we're talking to people like on a speaking engagement and people are nodding and they're getting it and they're going out and acting on that that's that's a deep thing and then you know as a dad you know when on monday when john was introduced at the new york state assembly and the assembly members all stood up and gave him a, <clears throat> a standing ovation. 
Boy, that was overwhelming. How wonderful. What are some of the things you like the most? I mean, I got the most. Um, a better awaits. Oh. A better awaits. What, what's better? A better world awaits? A better world awaits. And I'm showing, I'm showing, uh, showing uh, what, what, what we have. And I, yeah. I ain't any better. I work with my dad and my colleagues and, and my colleagues. And I, and I we're very fortunate. I, 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 we're very fortunate. I'm having with, uh, with people, with people, uh, uh, what they have. Because, because, uh, because I never without, without my colleagues can do, and never without my partner, my dad. Because yeah. I, it's an incredible thing uh, in my life. Let me share one example, Sam. I'll tell you about one of our colleagues, Thomas. Yeah. <clears throat> Thomas's mother called us uh, for the first time in October of 2017 spoke to one of our colleagues and said, I understand you hire people like my son. Mm. I need to give my son a job. Our colleague said, well, we don't have any openings, but when we do, we'll post it on our social media or our website. Well, she called every day, but she's a mom. Yeah. And I spoke to her and I said, tell me about Thomas. She said, well, Thomas is in a bad way. He's in his early 20s. He has autism but he's very depressed. He doesn't want to come out of his room. We have trouble getting him just to shower and shave. He won't join any programs. And he hasn't spoken to his father in over six months. Mm. I said, he sounds like a wonderful employee. And in, when we had an opening, we told her and she brought Thomas out. Now he was applying for the sock wrangler job. And to get that, we give you training but you have to pass the sock wrangler test. Pick six orders in 30 minutes or less. Well, Thomas passes this test as if he was put on this earth to be a sock wrangler. Today, Thomas is showered and shaved and waiting at 6.30 in the morning for his father to drive him to work. And when he gets here, the young man wouldn't look at you, wouldn't talk to you. He goes around and says good morning to everybody in the building. He's been transformed. And, and be clear, we did nothing. We had no special training. We have no unusual programs. We have no government funding. All we did was give Thomas the opportunity to earn a job. And look what that did. Yeah. How grateful, how fortunate are we? Yeah, it's amazing that you're able to provide such a, such an environment for people to, you know, almost heal themselves, you know, in a sense that they've, you know, been in such a low dark place because they're like, oh, there's nothing for me. There's nothing I can do. And you go, look, here's an opportunity. And from the opportunity, they're able to make themselves you know, 
not only a better person, but also a productive member of society, which is probably, you know, subconsciously what they were thinking is, is the problem that they were facing. And what it does, the business we have has created a platform that enables us to do things and go and speak with people. Look at this. You've invited us on your podcast. How great an opportunity is that? But that platform and those opportunities create an obligation on our part to make use of that, to, to do good with that. Um, we feel that in a very strong way. We, we feel pressure to create, and we're driven to create more jobs, reach more people, make more of a difference. Where can they find us, John? I, 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 you are going at, at johnscrazysocks.com. Johnscrazysocks.com. World's largest sock store. Yes. And when you buy from us, you help us hot. You employ people with different abilities. You help us give back. Most of all, you help us spread happiness, right? Absolutely. And we're on all the social media platforms. Just look for John's Crazy Socks. We'd love you to join us. And Sam, we now have a podcast. Yes. What's it called? A Spreading Happiness Podcast. The Spreading Happiness Podcast with John and Mark. 30 minutes each an episode, one episode a week. We're just bantering and trying to make people feel good. Put a smile on your face. You get an update on what's going on with John. We share some good news stories, tell some jokes, give you an update on John's love life. Um, <laughs> Right. Oh, and it turns in that, you know. <laughs> uh, and if people want to reach out to us, they can get us through the website and we'll be glad to respond. Thank you for listening to People Explained. New episodes come out every Monday. We would appreciate it if you gave us a review on Apple Podcasts and shared this episode with a friend.